Hello, and welcome back to the Beer and Pretzel Podcast. My name's Austin, and in this new series of interviews, I'll be doing a new uh, podcast interview series with RPG creators called Mork on Mork. I've been writing over the last uh, couple months a Mork Borg hack called Tataras, Monsters, and Mazes, an ancient Greek-style uh, uh, Mork Borg hack that I'm very excited about, and I'm hoping that it might come out towards the end of this year. In this new series, I'm going to be sitting down with different awesome Morkborg creators that have either done stuff within just the main Morkborg system, adding their own spins on it, or ones who made their own complete hacks of it. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking with Carl Druid, who's done a whole bunch for the game of Morkborg in terms of uh, design coding for it and writing a bunch of really cool classes and adventures for it, but also stepping out and doing Frontier Scum, which is what we're going to be mostly talking about today, which is an awesome acid Western role-playing game uh, using the Morkborg system, or at least most of it. Uh, Carl, uh, first of all, thanks uh, for coming on and talking Frontier Scum with me. Thank you. Oh, yeah. So I have a bunch of cool stuff I want to talk to you about today because just reading through Frontier Scum is just you can see all the creative energy that's been put into it. It's a very awesomely written game, but stylized like a lot of Morkborg stuff. It's, I just love the design work as well. Uh, kind of like leafing through it. It kind of feels like going through like a Western general store catalog which, of course, I'm sure was the main inspiration for it. Um, and I just love the style of uh, Western RPGs, but especially with this because it's themed to very much look like you're kind of flipping old, through an old catalog. So first of all, what brought you into the life of Morkborg and RPGs? How did you get started in it, and kind of what dragged you into this world? Oh, well, uh, RPGs in general, I think um, it was... Uh when i started i'd done a, a a year abroad in in china and then i got back to sweden and i did um, jumped into a new major and uh, uh, somehow i found out about dungeons and dragons and then i just decided to that that would be a great way to meet some some new people in in the class so uh, i basically sent out a facebook message asking anyone interested and I think in in the span of a week or two, I had a group of seven or eight people uh, playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition with me, uh, and then I I ran that for a couple of years, and then I found uh, the free league games like Mutant Year Zero and stuff like that, and then Forbidden Lands, and that was kind of my first uh, step into OSR stuff, uh, and of course once you're you're in. It's uh, hard to miss uh, Merc Boy stuff. Um, it's it stuck stuck out a lot on on Facebook as well as uh, on Reddit. I remember uh, initially in the Swedish circles, but then quickly abroad as well. So I was kind of just along for the ride at first, and then I started to uh, uh, mock up this um, scumber the thing, and I showed it to Johan and Pella, and they. They were keen to get it, uh, to make it official. So, yeah, right from the start, basically, um, I I somehow uh, got involved, and then I just just downhill from there. That's kind of interesting. So you said that you started first with kind of Dungeon Dragons 
uh, sounded like fifth edition, and then you kind of moved over into yeah. this world. So when you started getting to like uh, the games from Sweden, the free league games, which are so awesome, and also, of course, Morkborg, which then you started doing stuff for that. What drew you, though, to Morkborg to start writing for it? Because doing a little research on you, I wasn't able to find, uh, like, you know, example for, like, a free league or something. But it seems like you were drawn right into writing and creating for Morkborg. So what brought you to that? Yeah, I, I had done some, like, homebrew stuff uh, ever since I got into role-playing games, but I never really published anything. Um mostly because I, I thought all the stuff I did didn't look very good. Uh, but then uh, the Merkborg guys launched this Merkborg cult thing uh, where you could submit your custom content and uh, they would design it and make it make it look good. And then suddenly I, I found myself full of inspiration for stuff to write. So it was... Um, a very very eventful couple of months where just basically everything I've I've written for Merkborg I probably wrote in the first six months of getting involved, oh. and then over time it's just kind of some of it made it into the Merkborg cult and some of it I released on my own. Uh, but uh, I think the encouragement and sort of like the the Juan and Pella just they they were encouraging to. Uh, to create your own stuff and i think that shows in the design of mercury as well that there's so many uh, blank spaces uh, where you can sort of fill in the blanks yourself and um, just that the whole atmosphere and the the community from the get-go was all about just making your own stuff uh, so a, su a super inspirational uh, dive into osr basically from the start yeah yeah, no, that's with Morkborg. That is, I think it kind of came out at the perfect time, especially with all this Dungeons and Dragons drama that's going on. Because with Morkborg, what's awesome, kind of like you said, it has a lot of space to kind of fill in the blanks for yourself. So it's not like a very hard textbook that you have to follow at all. It very much engages you creatively with either writing for it or doing your own stylization with it, with the art, which is kind of very much what it's famous for. And that's why with your game, with Frontier Scum, you're able to do a lot of stuff uh, creatively because there's a lot of creative freedom to the game. Uh, speaking of Borkborg and creating within it, to you, what makes a Morkborg game in terms of its themes? Because there are so many different genres and hacks of Morkborg. There's spacefaring adventure ones with like vast grim, uh, cyberpunk, pirate Borg, uh, and acid westerns with your game Frontier Scum. So outside of like dice mechanics, what do you consider to be like the main themes of these games that kind of hold them together? I would say definitely the the humor. Like there's a darkness and grimness in, in all of the different Borg-likes, uh, but there's also, uh, as far as I've seen, always a tinge of humor uh, that makes it uh, stand out compared to other grim, dark stuff. There's um, it, It's uh, of varying degrees of subtlety, but uh, there's always, uh, I mean, just reading through the Merkborg core book uh, the first time, it's just so much fun, uh, lots of laughs going on. Not just uh, not just edge lodge stuff, but uh, it was actually funny. Um, yeah. They kind of took it took it 
one step too far, making it comical rather than truly uh, uh, depressing. Yeah. So is that something that you kind of try to do with your work as well? Like, is that what you did with Frontier Scum? Like, did you try to go heavy dark with it or do you try to hold back on how dark it was and how much do you feel like your humor was put into the book yeah i um i tried to make like um i think the contrast is very important and uh, that there is like um, a sort of dark and gritty world uh, and then contrasted with the humor uh, which is why I reached out to Brian Yaksha uh, to do the setting text. So we worked together and ended up with a with a text that's intentionally not particularly humorous, but rather grim. Uh, and then blending that with the with the advertisements in the lore text that's basically all humor, yeah, uh, just for fun. Yeah, that must have been fun to kind of design your own logos and also kind of design, like, all the advertisements. Because, like, it's not to the same extent, but sort of, like, uh, for anyone that's played, like, the Grand Theft Auto games, those games are very much uh, satires of real world. So, like, their advertisements are very much, like, they seem like they had a whole lot of fun, like, writing those advertisements, but they're very much over the top and goofy. But with this, it must have been fun to kind of design just advertisements for this world that uh, don't exist but you can kind of make them as serious or uh, humorous as possible or whatever you want to do with it. Yeah, definitely. It was one of the best parts, just having a... You had the... the, Because the layout was already done, you knew exactly the size of it, and there was just coming up with something relating to the text that was also uh, fun. And um, yeah, it was was great, great fun. Grand Theft Auto, but also, of course, Red Dead Redemption was mm. a big inspiration. And then I have this tome of a book, which is, I think, 700 pages or so, which is a reproduction of the Sears catalog from 1896. Oh, wow. Uh, so I was I spent a lot of time leafing through that to get some just inspiration on the layout and design and the wordings. I think there's a lot of funny funny words that aren't really seen today they were showed up in old timey advertisements yeah yeah that's what i was about to ask you was about the research part of it because with frontier scum it's of course based off a historical time period of course you're doing your own thing with it Uh, there's like demon bats in it and uh undead and whatever else you kind of want to throw into it but how much research did you do with it and was there anything that you kind of had to like change like go all right i respect this was a thing that happened in historical times but i want to do my own twist on it um so yeah so how much research would you say you did for the game what things did you just kind of like make up for it as far as like historical research i would say pretty much zero Mm. Uh, i wasn't really interested in doing a historical game i it started out as being like this weird Western uh, version of America, but I, I quickly realized that that's not really uh, the setting I wanted. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of freedom in just coupling away from from history. Uh, there's uh, that kind of gives you the ability to to focus in on the parts that you feel comfortable and. Uh, 
that you can relate to yourself. Um, there's a lot of uh, absolute shit times that went on <laughs> in the in the old west uh, for many different people, uh, and um, yeah, we kind of decided to uh, to not ignore that, but rather move away from it to create a, a game about it's a it's an anti-capitalist game i would say at the at the core and that's sort of the main the main historical uh, inspiration really sure um, yeah no i really like what you did especially with your front cover as soon as you open the game for the first time you have a section that kind of talks about that like many rpgs are you know, draw on uh, historical time periods, you know, Dungeons Dragons with uh, medieval times, of course. Uh, this is a game that does not uh, promote any of the racist, sexist, homophobic stuff that comes from that time period. And when I saw that, I thought that was kind of very inspiring for me because I'm writing a game that is set kind of at the, you know, the dawn of ancient Greece. And there was a lot of messed up stuff in that time period. So seeing that, I thought that was really nice. That when you open the book, you go, oh, okay, great this is a game that we can have fun in the western time period but we're not going to uh, deal with all the horrible stuff from that time period yeah that was like from the get-go um just i figured since i mean there's um, like if you look at classical fantasy stuff like dungeon dragons uh, they're all based on on medieval stuff but they're far from historical and there's a lot of terrible stuff that went down in medieval times that aren't necessarily covered by Dan Dungeons and Dragons but then when I looked at other western role-playing games they all sort of took a very historical approach the wild west setting um, and uh, that's sort of what I found uh, that I, I, I didn't want when I when I designed Frontiers Come uh, to rather make it a, a, a fantasy version of of the wild west inspired but not in any way historical yeah and like on the cover you describe it as an acid western so right then you kind of know you're getting something completely different you're not going for total historical accuracy which is cool but what do you consider to be acid westerns because i really love like spaghetti westerns but i don't think they have a crossover is acid westerns kind of like an el topo or deadwood style movie or how would you what do you consider the acid western genre yeah for me the i mean the the ultimate acid western is is dead man with johnny depp and jim jarmusch movie from, uh, yes. i think 95 was a big inspiration uh, that i actually found out about while writing Frontier Scum, and then I watched it, and I was like, "This is just Frontier Scum, the movie." Um, so after that, I I decided to to uh, yeah, op openly um, declare that this is inspired by a dead man. And um, I think I think what sets like the acid western apart in my mind compared to something like a a weird western is that in a weird western the supernatural stuff and the fantastical stuff is all commonplace like it's expected in the setting that there would be supernatural stuff going on while in the acid western uh, it's at its surface a very mundane world um, where the the expectation is for things to 
to be mundane and not fantastical, uh, but then at the same time, as you kind of get deeper and deeper into the story, deeper and deeper into the gameplay, things just escalate, uh, becoming more and more strange and fantastical as you play, and then you kind of uh, it, it, again, with the contrast, I think that's really important. Like the contrast between what's mundane and what's fantastical, uh, which which is why I decided to name it an acid western rather than a weird western. Sure. Yeah. No. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I really like that description of what an acid western is because I didn't really I had like an idea of what it was kind of like. Uh, yeah, Dead Man, uh, great movie that totally makes sense within that genre. Uh, but that's a good explanation for it. Um, so talking about genre and style with Morkborg, do you think there is maybe a genre or stylization for Morkborg that it does not work for? For example, besides uh, writing uh, Tataras, which is what I'm working on currently, I just kind of had the idea recently as I was replaying L.A. Noir. I was like, how about if there was something that was like Noir Borg, which would be about like solving mysteries in a 50s style detective type game? But as Morkborg isn't really built for that necessarily in terms of like, you know, uh, doing a lot of investigation work, maybe that wouldn't work. Or maybe it just depends on the writer and how they change it. So what do you consider, in your opinion, is there stuff that does not work for Morkborg? I think because the mechanical part of Morkborg is so... Uh so simple uh, and adaptable uh, from a mechanic standpoint anything goes but then I think for for it to feel Merkborgy you definitely need that sort of mix between uh, dark themes and, and comedy uh, and yeah I, I think most genres do really well um, uh, if you if you have those things in mind uh, while I was writing Frontiers Come, I came up with all sorts of different other stuff uh, that are just kind of slot right in, like pirate scum, of course, uh, space pirate scum. And then uh, my personal favorite, which is sort of similar to, to uh, an L.A. Noir thing, but it's uh, more of a mafia thing, really, which is called Maid Scum, which is all about mafia adventures in... Cool. Uh, in a sort of 20s inspired world yeah oh that's cool do you think at some point you'll ever kind of develop that more or do you think that's just kind of going to stay in the back of your head for a while i mean uh, of course i hope that someone else does all the work and, and develops them uh if, if nobody does then maybe one day yeah uh, when the time is right but uh, right now i'm trying to focus on just uh, doing frontiers come stuff uh, of course uh, there's so much left to do yes i definitely want to see more from frontier scum just everything from it i love so definitely the more that you can put out definitely i would love to pick up at some point so definitely keep on creating for frontier scum so uh going back into frontier scum kind of like you were saying there's a lot of stuff or a decent amount of stuff that you changed in it so it's like the game is, you kind of describe it as a game that is inspired by Morkborg, but it's not necessarily like a Morkborg game. It's, um, there's more changes in it than like, say like Pirate Borg, which follows the Morkborg system, uh, much more closely. 
What was your journey with creating Frontier Scum in terms of designing its mechanics? Was there like points where you were using like more of the Morkborg system or maybe like those points you were using like even less, like it was almost maybe like its own system. So uh, can you talk about like your journey with creating this game in terms of deciding how you want to use the mechanics? Yeah, it kind of started out with just the question, uh, what if Morkborg was a Western? And then sort of where the base premise and um, when I first put down the rules, that was basically it. It was Merc Bari with, with guns. But um, then as time went on, uh, we did a lot of play testing internally. Uh, and um, it's sort of like with every change uh, that, that happened, uh, it strayed further and further away uh, from Merc Bari, uh, especially from the player side of you. Uh, it's, um, quite a different experience I think uh, with with how it works uh, with the character creation and uh, combat with the guns and uh, the aces etc etc so eventually it just made sense to sort of stop calling it a Merkbor hack and calling it its own thing instead um, and some things are still very very clearly Mercury inspired, um, like um, I mean, basically the whole uh, game master side of things is is identical, uh, which was very much on purpose to leave that as close to Mercury as possible, so that you could run uh, Mercury adventures basically as is, uh, and uh, yeah, I think. Um, I think that was the right decision to do. Um, yeah. the, just sort of coupling free from 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 the system, uh, from the player side of view, because um, yeah, I, I I I started to feel like if I still kept calling it a Merc Bar hack and people started playing this, they'd be all like, "Where's the where's the Merc Bar, man? Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing left." Uh, which, from a player perspective, is pretty much true. So, what? Um, so, in talking about Frontier Scum and kind of like what's coming next, uh, do you have plans that you could share about what you're hoping to make, or maybe what you're currently designing for Frontier Scum? Because you have a couple supplements right now out for it, but I didn't know if you had uh, more things down the pipeline that you're working on. Yeah, nothing uh, that I can speak concretely about just yet but i'm trying to focus on on um, adventures uh, exploring the the lost frontier uh, as a setting and just uh, bringing in different perspectives there's uh, so many interesting places that i wanna wanna explore more uh, so uh, for the time being uh, keep a lookout for for adventures Ooh, very good yeah because i was hoping to see more adventures because like you can do so much with uh this setting that you created and kind of the world building that went into it so i was very excited to see the adventure at the back of the book which is an awesome adventure but yeah very excited to see what other adventures that you guys will be published in the future so definitely looking forward to that um so for my final question carl this is kind of a question i like to ask everyone 
uh, that is an RPG creator or writer. What for inspiring writers and creators out there that want to get out there and start writing like their first official uh, book or small supplement, a zine or whatever, what is a tip or trick that you would give them in terms of uh, kind of getting out there and putting your work out there? I'd probably say something pretty controversial, which is uh, to try uh, writing directly into layout. Uh, most people tell you to absolutely no, not do that, and it's uh, it's terrible uh, for the editors and proofreaders. So if you have uh, any friends that are editors or proofreaders, you probably shouldn't do it. But um, I've I've tried many times to kind of get into writing stuff in into just at Google Doc, uh, and uh, I find it comes so much easier if I if I kind of lay out the page and then just fill in fill in the blanks and the tables and the mocked up paragraphs with text as I go. Uh, so I would suggest trying that out and seeing if it works for you. Um, Very yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, kind of kind of trying something else by kind of forcing your writing within certain blocks. So by designing the page out and knowing where what table or what small uh, paragraph might go, you're saying it might help in terms of like kind of fitting everything within the area you want so you don't like overwrite is kind of like what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Like if you if you just have a blank page, for me, I, I think I, I see it as a, a bit of a puzzle uh, designing and writing uh, role-playing stuff. So if I have like the layout done it's sort of like putting in the corners of the jigsaw uh, and then i can kind of um, see where things fit and i can like i have to keep to a certain amount of words to not break the line and stuff like that yeah you know that makes sense sometimes with writing it's better to put restrictions on yourself because otherwise there could be a billion ideas in your head, but how do you kind of dial it down to just like a few concrete ideas? But by restricting yourself, by kind of forcing to work within a smaller box, um, it kind of like narrows down your creativity and allows you kind of stylize that more. So yeah, that, that's interesting. Um, so yeah, Carl, thanks uh, very much to talk to me about uh, Frontier Scum and uh, created within the Morkborg ro uh, world. Uh, where can people find you, uh, be it on Twitter or where the rest of your books and maybe Frontier Scum are? Yeah, I go by Make Data Not Lore uh, on most platforms. Itch and uh, Twitter is probably where, where I'm most active. Awesome, yeah. And for that, I'm also going to be putting in the description of our podcast description below. If anyone's interested in picking up Frontier Scum, I'll be putting a link there as well. And also to uh, Carl's Twitter page as well. So if you want to check those out, check out the podcast description down below. Uh, yeah, awesome. Thank you, Carl, very much for talking to me about Frontier Scum. It was nice talking to you about this. Thank you. Oh, yeah, no problem. And for our audience, thank you very much for listening. And tune in next time when we'll be playing Frontier Scum as an actual play with the rest of the Beer and Pretzel podcast crew, Travis, Brad, Becky, and myself. And also stay tuned for the next conversation I have in another Mork on Mork uh, interview in the future. Thank you very much for listening, everyone, and have a good one.